Welcome to Project Transformation DC's podcast called Voice. My name is Rachel Luna and I am the Executive Director for PTDC and I'm so glad you're tuning in. Um, it is my pleasure today to introduce to, I guess, our, our larger Project Transformation community, Elijah Farabee, who's going to be our new, or is our new Program Director. You are four days into this to this job. Um, so let's just start there, Elijah. How are you feeling after four days? After four days. Well, first, let me just say, hey, everyone. It's nice to meet you. Rachel, thank you for the wonderful introduction. Um, after four days, I am feeling pumped, a little overwhelmed in a positive way because of all the new information and all the new people I've gotten to meet and just a, a totally different culture um, than one that I'm, the ones that I'm used to. Uh, so I'm excited for all the newness um, and, and the new learning experiences and most importantly, the new people and being in a new space. So um, it's, been a, it's been a lot in a, in a wonderful way this week. Great, great. And I do want to tell people, it is Friday afternoon when we're recording this after a long week of onboarding, which yes. I'm sure if, if I'm as tired as I am, Elijah has to be exhausted. So if some of our sentences just like don't come out the correct way, just know that there's, for some reason, we decided to do this last thing on a Friday, um, which I'm questioning myself for. Uh, but, you know, it'll be fun. As always, we take ourselves seriously, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, and Rachel and, and so, I are green teeing, green, green teeing and coffeeing it up this whole day. Yeah. So we are, I think our blood has been replaced by green tea and coffee. So yeah. we're, we're just going, we're just, we're, we're truck, trucking along and trucking through. <laughs> Elijah got the largest green tea I have ever seen in my life today for lunch. <laughs> and I, I'd never seen a Trenta from Starbucks until today. I was like, that seems larger than like the biggest thing I, I've ever ordered at Starbucks. And yep, it was. So it's my life, just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to go on and jump into um, to the podcast. And if you, we have previous episodes uh, recorded with interns from our summer of 2021. So if you have listened to those, this will follow a very similar format. Um, with some changes because Elijah's full-time, no longer a student. Um, and so some of the questions have been adapted to that, but it also, um, I think, just brings him into the community in a way that uh, that we did with the interns. So it's always fun to do similar things. Similar things. Um, and so the first question slash, like, it's not really a question. It's just like, hey, Elijah, set the scene for us. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? You know, like, what was your life? pre you know there's 30 years of it but what was your life pre-ptdc in a summary <laughs> picture it sicily 1953 i was a young tender age of 35 if you're a golden girls fan you'll know exactly where that comes from sophia petrillo is one of my heroes in life um she's also from brooklyn even though she's a, a, a fictional character she's also from brooklyn so we have that bond too um but as luna mentioned i am from brooklyn new york born and raised crown heights area so I grew up around a lot of apartment buildings, skyscrapers, um, asphalt, concrete, you know, a lot of noise, a lot of different people, a lot of dirty air, <laughs> a lot of humidity in the summertime, um, but also just a lot of uh, different kinds of things to have experiences from. So everything from different cultures to um, even the areas looking different amongst the city. You know, I know a lot of people think that most of New York looks like Times Square and that's just not the case. You know, you have your more residential areas, you have your very populated areas and that whole thing as it comes to metropolitan areas. But growing up, my summers were pretty much spent um, from my youth until about maybe, I wanna say the age of 
14 in summer camps. So they were summer camps where all I really got, got to do was have fun. You know, I was having fun. We were going on trips. We were um, doing summer camp, summer camp in the projects. So um, I was in a lot of more, uh, I guess, traditionally quote unquote urban areas. So um, there were the very real, um, I guess, very real joys and concerns and, and safeties and dangers that come with, you know, going to summer camp and housing projects. But we, we missed, we missed no beat. We went to Six Flags, we went to museums, we went to the movies and so many things. So I remember my, my summers being filled with memories of summer camp, as well as like hit songs. So when I was of that age, you know, Beyonce dropped Crazy in Love, then one summer Usher dropped Confessions. My summers always had amazing music. So that's another thing I remember. So after the years of me being in summer camp from about you know my childhood until about the age of 13 skip forward to the age of 15 through probably probably into my 20s I think I was working after that I was just working different jobs I've worked at aquariums I've worked at um, schools I've worked at uh, oh man clothing stores and I always told myself I would never do retail again and I always ended up doing retail always always so be careful about what you say you won't do because you probably will end up doing it again um, and then after that, you know, school life happens. So my, my, my summers were dedicated to school and work. Um, and then ever since probably about 21, 22, <laughs> excuse me, see bloopers. Um, uh, I didn't sneeze all day. So the reason that we're happened, leaving this all in, we're leaving this all yeah, in, you know, that it, it makes, it makes no sense. I don't know why I just sneezed. I just sneezed all day. Um, but, uh, yeah, so for, for most of my, pretty much all my adult life, it's been, um, from that point forward, work and school, work and school. Um, I've only had three summers where I've not been in school and I've only been working. So this is, this will be a, a, a I guess, a revisitation if that's a word of um, kind of like an older way of functioning, but with a different lens this time is I won't be the summer campy, but rather a person making the summer camp work and happen and, and orchestrating things. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what brought you to Project Transformation DC? And what are you excited about? I'm going, to be totally, kind of I'm going to be totally transparent here. Rachel Luna is what brought me to Project Transformation DC. Uh, Rachel and I went to seminary together, so we've been friends for a while. And uh, Rachel let me know about an opportunity that was happening. You know, I, first of all, let me first say this. I've been in relationship with PTDC since Rachel was, it's since its inception, like in 2016, 2017. Um, and then when it, when it officially opened to interns and became, um, it's always been a program, but officially a program in DC. Uh, Rachel invited me to do Friday experiences through Wesley. She invited me to do uh, uh, one of the messages or uh, for, uh, I did a sermon with one of the groups. And so I've always, and then last summer, in the very beginning, we put up this gigantic tent in 98 degree weathers, 98 degree weather in front of uh, Hughes Memorial. And we were sweating and Rachel's back gave out and I laughed at her, then my back gave out. And then, you know, we were all like the same height. So we had to stand on step stools, to, like put the different poles up. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I just had a lot of great experiences with PT, but more recently, Rachel let me know about an employment opportunity that was going on um, and just let me know when I, you know, casted my net wide and I applied and um, I was onboarded. So this week I've been onboarded as the, um, I'm being onboarded and will continue to be onboarded for probably the next two yeah. <laughs> next year um, um, as program director for PTDC. Uh, but outside of that, I love the work. I love what PT stands for and I love the work that's done. I've always had a passion for children um, and making sure that they had holistic, holistic love given to them 
and holistic experiences. So they had the opportunity to do things like learn um, and read and have experiences with uh, visitation of different sites and, and, and learning environments, but also the very essential component of building relationship with them, learning with and from them and teaching them and also having them teach you. Uh, but also the very, what I, what I think is the very holy essence of God's presence in the lives of children and how they teach us. You know, there are things that even though we were all once children, I think that there are so many things that we forget as we get older and some things you relearn from observing children and spending time with them um, when they're great. And even when they get on your nerves, you know, they, they, they grow your patience in ways you might have forgotten about because all you deal with is adults. Um, so that's that's it. Rachel Luna, the opportunity to work with children. And also in my previous roles, I've worked with young adults a lot. So I have a very, and, and I've worked with people exploring their calling in, to a certain capacity. So having the opportunity to help people continue to kind of explore that and discern. I'm very big on walking with people as they discern and explore callings. So um, I'm looking forward to that. All the things that I enjoy PTDC offers. Um, so I jumped at the opportunity and here we are. Here we are, here we are. It's kind of amazing. Um, go back to the beginning of what you were saying is, uh, Project Transformation in DC before we had an office. Uh, Elijah worked with our friend Sammy at Wesley and they would allow me just to come set up a laptop in their office and work when I had meetings in Northwest. So, and I didn't have a car. So it wasn't like I could just get to Northwest easily and then leave. I needed to be there all day. <laughs> and so they would just let me, uh, let me set up office. Uh, sometimes we'd go to Starbucks together or, or do stuff like that, but they just kind of accepted me as their coworker, even though we did not work for the same organization or do the same work. Um, <laughs> and they would help me brainstorm and I would help them brainstorm. And I mean, I can't ask for two better people to just like sit in office with and, and get stuff done when we're not working on the same thing, but it was just so much fun. You know, I think sometimes we think work isn't fun or like work has to be like structured and, and you got to get stuff and I just always, and so when this job opened and reached out to Elijah to see, reached out to a few people, but Elijah to see if he'd be interested. Um, I just remember like having so much fun and like bringing that fun to our office culture um, would be really important. So, um, and as he said, we were student, the next question leading in that we were both students at Wesley at the same time, we didn't graduate the same year, but we were there at the same time. Our time overlapped quite a bit. Um, actually, I think my whole time you were a student there yes. <laughs> because you're in different degree <laughs> programs. Um, and so, but there would also not be a Project Transformation DC without a Wesley Theological Seminary. Um, and so I do want to give them a shout out. They did a lot of good uh, for our organization. I love partnering with them. And so usually at this time, we'd ask like the interns, what have they learned about themselves this summer? Because um, we, we did the podcast in between summers. Um, or in the summer. And so instead I wanna say, at, give the shout out to Wesley and be like, what did you learn as a student at Wesley and an employee there that has prepared you for your work with Project Transformation? Absolutely. So like Luna said, first and foremost, shout out to Wesley Theological Seminary. Everything she said is absolutely true. Um, I spent a total of seven years at Wesley. Um, I was a student from 2015 to through 2019. And I was also uh, an employee from 2017 up until January of this year. Um, and just the experiences I had, it's funny because they run together because I was, for most of my time there, I was an employee and a student. So the worlds, they, they kind of, um, I guess, con conjoin, they conjoin for me because of the fact that um, much of what I experienced in the classroom and working with faculty and staff members 
um, as a staff member myself, went hand in hand. So on the professional side, I learned data management, the significance of uh, effective and clear communication, the significance of organization, especially when you're dealing with people's uh, their resumes and their and their uh, applications and them needing things and wanting to connect with people and wanting to set up visits. You have to remain organized because you have a lot coming at you fast. Um, you're, you're getting to travel, so you're getting to meet a lot of people and, and network and, and fellowship. And so your world is just opened up and you're seen, I think, uh, in a, on a greater scale or, or it's in a different to a different degree, um, a different kind of scale, uh, the larger connectionalism of what the kin kingdom of God looks like in relationship to um, people and their gifts coming together to help people discern, but also to teach people, um, also to care for people. You know, uh, as, as Rachel said, you know, seminary is usually often confused for just like pastor school. And though everything that we commit ourselves to is like a form of ministry, um, you have different types of passions that people have. So you learn to see the diversity and the beauty of the different gifts that God has given us. Um, and seminary really taught me that the, the, essential, the essential piece of fellowshipping um, and building authentic community is to see the value in people um, and the gifts of difference and diversity that God has given. And to be honest with you, prior to working with Rachel Luna and even knowing her, um, I had not, I didn't really have much experience with um, faith-based nonprofits. I didn't know what that looked like, but being in seminary, it exposed me to just so much more that people could do. Um, and of course, we love our pastors, we love our bishops, we love our reverends and ministers, absolutely. First of all, everybody's a minister um, that commits themselves to good deeds and to, to making the world a better place. Um, but uh, just that, just that really, the sky's the limit in what God can do in, when, when you have a passion, when you have a calling. And that um, the beauty in that is the not knowing and also the knowing. Like sometimes you go in it blindly and like, listen, I, I just don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I'm supposed to be here. And then, and then everyone's like, all right, cool. We'll discern with you, we'll walk with you, and that is okay. Um, sometimes you do know what you want to do, but seminary just taught me the beauty of that diversity. And at any given moment, calling can look like anything, you know, like anything. You can be a musician, you can be a faith-based nonprofit leader, you can be a pastor, you can be an author, so many things. Um, but Wesley also really taught me the significance of community, community and connectionalism. One of the biggest selling points of Wesley when I was a recruiter was that we had a community unlike any other. Not only did we have housing for people to live in, but we had you know, over 40 something countries represented, you know, people from all parts of the US uh, who came to Wesley to learn and to grow. Um, even though we were in school, we still had life happening to us. And what makes seminary Wesley particularly unique is that you have people who are intentional about checking on you and your well-being and seeing how you're doing and walking with you whether you're going through great things or you're going through not so great things you don't know what you're going through intentionality so Wesley really taught me two things Wesley really um taught me that were extremely significant was the importance of the diversity and call and also the significance of intentionality and authentic community building and I feel like with any one of those two things um empowering people to pursue their calls and also being intentional about how you love on and care for people. The sky's the limit on the type of community you can build and the authentic love that can grow from that. Well, that's really great. And I love that because, you know, that's two things that we care so much here about at Project Transformation. Anyone who's around the organization for 10 minutes hopefully feels that way. Yes. <laughs> that's the goal, right? To, to, uh, that they are called to something and it, we don't know. God knows what we don't, and then that they are part of a bigger community. And so I like that you can do that. 
that work and that learning is just going to flow over to this to your work here um, and being part of this community. And you also talked a lot about vocation, which is fun because um, that's part of our <laughs> next question. Um, this is I don't I love this question and I loved asking it to our interns. So if folks who are listening to this have not listened to the intern ones, you should go back and listen because it was just it was fun to hear what they had to say and how each of them took this question differently. Um, and so as, as alleged as learning and as hopefully folks who know about Project Transformation know that we have a focus on vocational discernment of, of, of helping folks discern their call. Um, and then the reason this podcast is called Voice is because vocation is derived from the same like Latin as voice, right, vocare. Um, and so the question is, can you tell us about your unique voice um, in the world, because everyone has a unique voice, but what is your unique voice and how are you using it? Um, and then how do you want to use it in the future, if that makes mm -hmm. sense? So kind of a three-part question. If you need me to go over one of the parts again, sorry, it was a lot. <laughs> no, let's see. My unique voice, that is a very powerful question because it, folks in ministry, Rachel included, myself and all the people we know, we have a hard time talking about ourselves because of the fact that you know, a lot of what we like to do is to empower other people. So whenever you have to think about yourself as like unique and, you know, all these things, it's like, oh boy, what do I say? Um, let's see. My unique voice. It's a big question. I would say people have always spoke to me about the way that I make them feel in the experiences I give them. I think that what... I don't, I, my story is only my story, but I don't know if what I do is unique. I don't know if the gift that I have is unique. I think it's a part of a greater collective of, of a gift of like, a voice of hospitality and, and presence. Because um, people have always shared with me, like whether I was doing tours at Wesley or whether I was checking in with people I love or, you know, just hanging out with friends. Um, I've, always, I've always been told that I bring comfort to people, um, intentional, authentic uh, care. Uh, as well as I go above and beyond out of my way and sometimes just enough to make sure that people feel heard, they feel seen, and they feel cared for, um, that they feel affirmed to the best of my ability um, and that they just feel, they feel appreciated because I like to make people feel appreciated. I like for people to know that they are seen, they are heard, they are loved, they, they are unique, they are worthy. Um, and not because I just want to make them feel good about themselves, but to, to authentically, intrinsically know that these things about you are true. Um, you take up space in this world because you simply because you do and you're worthy and, and, and your presence is, is necessary and you're needed. Um, and I try to do that by a couple of means. One, in my work life, you know, everyone from my coworkers to the people that we bring on, regardless of what the regardless of what. So Rachel's going to get a lot of affirmations and things from me, you know, and it'll probably make her totally uncomfortable, but we'll be fine because she gives it to me, too. Um, I also have a podcast, you know, that, that Rachel supported from the beginning, the Soul Paramedic, um, where I just kind of share inspirational mes messages and things like that. Um, and we will we will be uh, doing a joint episode at one point. I'm putting it I'm putting it out there. Uh, so you guys are going to have to listen to both of us. Uh, again, again, in a different capacity, which you will totally enjoy because we're amazing. Uh, just kidding. And um, yeah. Uh, oh, and, and and my relationships. So family, friends, anything else, you know, just making sure that my, my tribe knows that they are loved, they're seen, they're appreciated. And I, I love them and I'm grateful for them in my life, you know, while I have the breath in my body to do so. Um, I just like to really treat people good. And I think that's really something 
that that that's really a gift because most days you know you run into people who are cursing you out in traffic and someone's done something you don't like you know this whole onslaught of things um but i believe it's the holy spirit that's given me the patience and the in the love and the grace that i've also been shown to be able to share it with others um so i think that's what makes my voice unique that's beautiful i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna affirm you now and there's a <laughs> There's a quote and it's uh, attributed, contribute, attributed, whatever. It's uh, Maya Angelou is, I think, the one who spoke it, which, you know, it's always scary to say a quote and who you think spoke it without knowing for sure. Um, but it's people will remember how you make them feel, not what you say to them. And I messed it up. It's a little bit different than that. But I think um, the idea of that of like uh, of people are going to remember how you you like live into that. And like, I think everyone who, you know, when we announced that Elijah was going to be our new program director, the response was incredible, like absolutely incredible. And I think it's because so many people have met you and have such a good, um, you have left such good feelings when you meet people. And so they were so excited to see what you were going to do in this position. And so I think you're right. You do know your own, you know, it is uncomfortable to talk about your own unique voice, <laughs> especially in ministry, but I yeah. think you do know what it is. Um, and so. See, affirming you back. Um, <laughs> can't keep it too serious too long. Yeah, um, the love was amazing. That response yeah, from the rest of it was incredible. The Project Transformation community, some of whom I hadn't even met, met yet, were it was just so affirming. You know, I know we've said affirming. You know, Rachel and I were talking about just like the words that we use a lot as Methodists. You know, community connection. I think I think we can throw affirmation in there now too. Yeah, I think um, so. Intentionality. You know, even all these words are significant. Rachel and I tried, we tried our best um, in explaining things, not to see how many times we, to be mindful of how many times we use the word connection to describe a connection. Um, but it's true, you know, like you said, it just speaks to the connection of people um, between Project Transformation and Wesley and, you know, different communities and how um, love really just connects people. And to, to see myself appreciated and affirmed that way, you know, when I told you I don't really think of myself too much, um, was so beautiful, it was so beautiful to be celebrated. But also people were saying, oh, you're working with Rachel Luna, that'll be great. She's amazing, she's this. So that also gave me comfort because even though I know Rachel as a friend, I don't know Rachel as an employer until now. You know, I don't know Rachel as a coworker. Well, that's not true because we've co-worked on a lot of things. Rachel would do yeah. panels and things at Wesley. Um, but it, it rung true, it rung true. I've had a great first week and I know that I'll have even better ones to come when I'm more familiar with some of the things I'm doing too. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna stop talking about me and we're gonna go back to you, Elijah. <laughs> Where do you see yourself? This is a question we, I asked interns, but I'm interested to hear your, um, your answer to. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Whoa, 10 years, okay. That means I'll be probably, I'll be 40 officially. Mm -hmm. Let's see, 10 years. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the hopes of my heart that I, that I would hope to see in 10 years. Um, so I hope to have a family in 10 years, um, a, a, a family, you know, it's like wife, kids, you know, things like that. Um, I hope to have built something similar to Project Transformation, um, but with an, an emphasis on Black boys. Um, because in my own life, when I was coming up, uh, I had Black men pour into me directly from organizations that taught me things from how to um, tie a tie to how to apply for certain positions, how to step like in the, you know, the um, 
uh, Greek black, uh, what is it called? Black Greek alphabet. I'm sorry, not black Greek alphabet. Black Greek letter organizations, you know, you know, your different um, Greeks and sororities and things like that. Um, we had a man from one of, the, one of those groups come and teach us how to step and spend time with us. Um, when I was in college, I was a part of an organization called Men of Troy, and we worked with um, young boys in the area. And I just saw the, sig the significant impact that um, men pouring into young, young men um, and developing men um, had on everything from academia to self-esteem to focus um, to personality and, and, and things like that. So that's always something that I've always wanted to redevelop and reimagine. And I think that uh, learning from this position and learning through Project Transformation um, with Rachel and, and people I will meet and the experiences I'll have will help me better fine tune that so that 10 years from now, you know, whether it begins 10 years from now or whether it's established 10 years or it's established in the 10 years from now, um, that will happen because that's something I still want to make, I still want to come true. Um, I hope to be ordained by that point in 10 years um, with the UMC, however, you know, how, however God would see that so fit to, to happen um, and, and to look. And um, above all else, I hope to be, these are my hopes, I hope to be in good health, even if I'm, you know, even if that is not the case, I know that things would be okay because life is beautiful regardless of, you know, how the gift of life is a treasure regardless of how we are experiencing it, you know, um, and the different capacities which we're experiencing it and that everybody's, everybody's capacity of experience to be acknowledged, respected, um, affirmed and appreciated. Um, but that's a hope of mine. I also hope to, uh, let's see what else. You know, more frivolous things like, oh, have a house and, you know, maybe a cat or two and, you know, I'll, I'll compromise with a dog. You know, I'm more of a cat person, but I just okay. like oh, <laughs> That's where we differ, dog person right here. I love cats. I love cats because they give you just enough. They keep you humble. You know what I mean? They're not going to give you too much. They're not going to let you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. You know, oh. they're, they're, they're the humblers. Um, and, and I hope to have joy and I hope that all of my friends are, are well and succeeding. Um, and are just established in the ways that they, they desire to be in 10 years. Um, even though 40 is like the new 25 is what they say. So we'll see. I don't know, maybe I'll get to be relive 25 again. Um, but those are my hopes for the next, the next um, 10 years, where I'll be in the next 10 years. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Um, you had also told me a little bit about your dream of working with Black boys, which is one of the reasons when this job opened, I thought of you was that this could be a great stepping stone, a great, a great, like, I mean, not that you, you already have the experience in college and stuff, but like the professional step, right, towards, towards getting to that goal. Um, so before we go into our lightning round, um, which is my favorite, because it, it goes, we, it never, if you haven't listened to one of these podcasts before, but the lightning round is never very fast. Um, we try every time we try to keep it fast and it's not, but if people want to connect with you, how can they reach you? Absolutely. Um, so I have two main forms of social media I use, um, on Instagram. My Instagram handle is only one Lige and Lige is spelled L I J. So Instagram handle only one Lige. Um, on Facebook, Elijah Farabee. Um, my name will be posted, so yeah. I probably don't need to spell it. So Farabee has a lot of E. So Elijah Farabee on Facebook. Um, let's see what else. Uh, you can connect with me on my podcast, uh, Instagram, uh, The Soul Paramedic Podcast. It's either The Soul Paramedic Podcast or Soul Paramedic Podcast. It's one of those two. Um, and those are, my, those are my most immediate forms of, um, my quickest forms of immediate connectivity. 
You can also awesome. at some point go to the PC website and look up my email. And if you have questions about, but only if you have questions about PT, that's it. That's it. Only if you have questions about PT or you want to talk about how great Rachel Luna is. Other than that, that's all. Okay. <laughs> Actually, thanks for saying that. By the time this episode goes live, Elijah will be on our uh, R&R website. Um, so, all right, now time for the uh, lightning round. And for those at home, I'm stopping my video because we're having a little bit of connection issues and that'll help. So- That's not mine too? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the lightning round, here we go. First one is, what is your favorite color? Navy blue. Oh, mine's sky blue. So we're in the blue family. Yeah. All right, favorite animal? Sea turtle. Is that because you worked at an aquarium? Yes. I've, and I've, I've always thought they were like, I've loved sea turtles since like Finding Nemo. It's, it's between sea turtle and blue whale, but sea turtles tend to be more the ones I go to look for at the aquarium when I do go. Okay. I was just, I was like, that would make sense now that I know that you worked at an aquarium. All <laughs> right. This, so those are fun. We kind of have a, our lightning round has a theme to it. Uh, one person who has impacted your life in a way no one else could. Uh, my mother. My mother, um, because of, my mother had me at the age of 17. So from a very young age, she had to like reposition her life, transform her life so that I could have a life, so that I could be taken care of. Um, she's always empowered me to, to do, do my best, give my best, um, and to just be a great person. There's no one more holy in this world that I know than my mom. Just, just seeing how she's treated people and loved on people and given her last. Um, so she's definitely my biggest, my biggest inspiration um, and encouragement. Great. I feel like after talking to you more this week than I, you know, we've been friends, but like having more conversations, I really have picked up on that. So, you know, we do literacy here. What is your favorite book, children's or adult or both? <laughs> you can give us two if you want. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Let's see my favorite book. I'm trying to think of one that's really, really impacted my life. Um, let's see. There is a book. Okay, so there's a book by Hill Harper called Letters to a Young Brother, um, in which all of these famous Black men wrote these letters to, to they responded to, I'm sorry, there were a lot of famous Black people, but mostly Black men, um, who wrote, responded to letters that young boys wrote to Hill Harper, and they wrote letters of encouragement and um, letters about their stories, um, empowering them to go forward. And that's one that's always stuck with me. Um, I absolutely, I actually really admire Hill Harper. Um, and so it's called Letters to a Young Brother by Hill Harper. My favorite book as a child, though, was a book about a horse, and it was called Black Beauty. I mm. love, I love this book. It was about this beautiful black horse named, I think, I think the horse's name was Black Beauty. Um, and I always remember, I'm sorry, it was Black Beauty and the Little Engine That Could. So I had two. I, I remember my, asking my great aunt to always read both of those, both of those books. Awesome. All right. You told me earlier today that you don't watch much TV, so I don't know how this question is going to go over. What TV show did you binge during like the beginning of the pandemic? Uh, I would say, what did I watch? What was I watching? I think I watched, I rewatched One Punch Man. It's an anime about this guy who has all these, he can, has the power to like punch holes in planets, but he only does like a hundred pushups a day and a hundred sit-ups a day. And somehow he has this miraculous God level strength. Fascinating. I've never heard of it. All right, last question of the rapid round, which we actually did pretty rapidly. It's not <laughs> usually this one, this fast, but best piece of life advice you've ever been given or that you give? Um, let's see. Don't stress. Hmm. Even though that's like virtually almost impossible, 
I think that we can control as best, we have the ability to control how we let stress impact us. Because as you know, stress, um, it not only just makes us tired, but can, it can also really impact our health. And there are things that I tend to stress about that really, in all honesty, when I take a second to think about it, don't really deserve the level of stress that I give it or the level of focus that I give it, um, which, has to, which has everything to do with how I choose to think about things, how I look at things, um, my ability to communicate and lean on people when I'm having, you know, some thoughts that are just not helpful or discouraging or whatever. Um, and stress, you know, they, they always say like stress takes years off of your life. So um, not to stress in the sense of like, I guess more so don't let the little things stress you. You know, there, mm-hmm. there are stresses in life that we can't control, obviously, but don't let the little things stress you because I think that we just take years off of our life when we do so. Awesome. Well, thanks, Elijah. Thanks for uh, for doing this on your on the last day of your first week when I feel like you probably feel like you've been drinking from a from a fire hose and <laughs> and probably a little more stress than normal uh, with the new job. So uh, <laughs> as you said, don't stress. Um, and so I just I want to thank you. And I also want to let if anyone who listens to this wants um, to, to get to know Elijah better, you should come out and volunteer this summer. Uh, we yes. will be hopefully having our volunteer opportunities um, or the uh, first round of signups going out soon uh, by early February um, with the acknowledgement that COVID is always changing. And so we w- may be adapting as we go here. Um, but I just want to thank everyone for listening. And hopefully this summer, if not before, maybe we can do a couple of these voice episodes with volunteers um, so people can meet the bigger project transformation community thanks for listening have probably listening to this not today so i was gonna say have a great weekend but (laughs) have a great day whatever you're listening to this um and thanks for supporting project transformation dc yes thanks for having me rachel and we like rachel said we hope to hear from you all soon god bless each and every one of you and thanks again all right bye everybody bye-bye